0: Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas. And Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks. All the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the International King of Swing.
1: Happy weekend to you all. Welcome to the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We have got a tremendous show for you today as Daniel Kim, you've probably seen him on a lot of ESPN's KBO broadcasts. He's going to be talking to me in the second segment. We're going to be talking about just the lay of the land in general in the KBO just some of what he's noticed with regards to when fans might be returning to the stands in the KBO as well because this can make quite an impact on a lot of these games and as we know there's been a little bit of a COVID-19 breakout in South Korea so we're going to get a little bit of a roundup on that and in the final segment going to give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all well it actually sort of depends on where you live. It's going to be tonight's Las Vegas betting board if you're on the West Coast because these games are at 10 p.m. Pacific time, and that means that they're 1 a.m. Eastern Sunday, so sort of depends on where you are with that regard, but still... Going to give you a side in total on all five KBO games. And I always love being able to answer your Twitter questions. At GNR's 41, where you're able to fire those in. If you send them via DM, well, letters DM to me, me doesn't matter. But if you send them into the timeline, more than happy to give you guys an answer. And I did get into today, and I'm going to be answering them in a second as we're going to sort of combine it with the recap, take a look at some of these teams, get to know them a little bit better. And we're going to find out a little bit of something new in the KBO in a few seconds as well.
0: What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out.
1: The Kiwom heroes were playing with Taylor Motter on the bench after they released him late yesterday, and how this works in the KBO, because I've had a lot of people ask me with regards to if a foreign player winds up getting cut from a team, which we thought eventually might happen. We had a couple of less than stellar performances. Taylor Motter was hitting less than twenty-five. What happens is there is a 7-day period in which another KBO team can claim Taylor Motter if they want him. Spoiler, I don't think anyone's going to want him because they would have to give up their foreign-born player if nobody winds up picking him up. He can no longer play in the KBO during the year 2020 and Kiwoom can look for another player now if they do wind up signing another foreign born player if they cur- are currently outside the country of South Korea they do have to do the self quarantine for 14 days but they are able to sign say, one of these minor league guys that got furloughed by the MLB. So that is something that you do want to note. And with El Madder on Friday morning, the Kiwo Heroes took it to the KT Wiz, aka Smiling Blobs by a count of 14 to 3. Our good friends of Blobs were actually able to get up 2 to nothing in this game as they were able to get a pair of home runs off the bat of Sungwoo Zhang along with... Seng Chou Moon, but they really didn't get a whole lot of pop out of anyone else. These two guys wound up combining for four of the team's seven hits. And for Ki they were able to go deep twice in this game as well. He Sung Kim was able to go yard in the 7th spot, and Dong Won Park has really been tearing it up at the catcher spot. Now hitting a three fifty one, his 6th home run of the year. Back in 2018, he had 6 home runs the entire year, so that tells you how he's been playing. William Puevas did not necessarily have the best of starts for the smiling blobs. Four and a third innings, he gave up both of those home runs, five runs, all of which were earned, but his start was actually much, much better than the bullpen, which is right now heading towards a 9 for the smiling blobs. They wind up going 3 and 2 thirds innings, they give up nine runs, all of which were earned. One day, Choi, who wound up getting the start for Ki he winds up giving up two runs over the course of six innings. Bullpen from there, one run give it up in three innings. And this is a Heroes bullpen that seems to be improving. Another bullpen that seems to be improving. All of a sudden, the Doosan Bears, who have played five straight unders, they wind up taking down the Giants of Lote by kind of five to four. And this one for Doosan, they wound up getting a pretty good start out of Young Ha Lee. He winds up going seven and two thirds innings, giving up three runs, all of which were earned. And then the bullpen from from there, really did a nice job of being able to piecemeal this game together. They wind up going a combined three and a third innings. They give up one run in the process. And then for Lotte, John won So. He wound up having a very good start in this one. He's a younger guy for this team. He winds up giving up one run over the course of six innings, just 19 years old. bullpen from there... They were hurt a little bit by the fielding. There was an unearned run, but with that said, they did wind up giving up a grand total of four runs, three of which were earned. And another Twitter question that I did wind up getting in is, how much stock do I put into the fielding with regards to the KBO? And what I have to say about that is, you don't know when these errors are going to pop up. You are noticing in the KBO, there are a lot more errors committed by teams. Some teams more than others, you've got a team like the Samsung Lions that they sometimes hurt themselves a little bit with regards to errors. The SK Wyverns have been the absolute worst with that regard. And then you've got some sure-handed guys like Channel Park of the Kia Tigers. He's been doing a very good job. And the best way to be able to gauge that is instead of looking at a pitcher's ERA, look at a pitcher's and a team's runs per game. That's a big way to be able to disseminate and know which teams are doing a better job of fielding than others because if a guy's ERA is right around four but the team is giving up five runs per Per game, That tells you a little bit of how that's going, but getting back to the Dusan versus Lote game for Dusan in this one, Jose Miguel Fernandez winds up going two of three. He just continues to rip the cover off the ball. 472 batting average. And what else is very promising for the Dusan Bears is that they're getting back some of their big bombers. J.L.O. has missed a couple games so far this year. He's hitting a 3.56. He wound up being able to get just one in this one, but just seeing him back in the lineup is obviously very promising for Doosan, and despite the fact that they have been slowing down with the offense a little bit, they have won four out of their last five games. Prior to their series against Samsung, the NC Dinos were really tearing it up, and they still are number one in the KBO when it comes to record, but they have now lost two straight games for the first time all year, and they get just shellacked by the Samsung Lions by kind of 9-1. to in this one for the Dinos, they just weren't able to get a whole lot of hits. A grand total of four by the team. Mr. Aaron Altair, aka Aaron Altairable, you want to be going 0 4 in this game. He's back below 250 with his batting average. And for Samsung, they are really getting some good performance out, out of one Tyler Saladino, three of four in this game. He finally has his batting average back above the Mendoza line. And he also had a very nice tag on a ball that was a little bit high when he was at first base. Was able to tag the runner out, so that was good. And in this one, Mike Wright was actually pretty soft for the NC Dinos. Nothing great, but nothing awful. Gives up three runs over the course of six innings. Bullpen from there, it's really starting to show. It's warts for the Dinos. They wind up giving up six runs over the course of two innings in their first Samsung. David Buchanan continues to be all over the place in three out of his five starts. He has allowed zero or earned runs, and in the other two, he combined 15 runs in this one. Seven innings, he gives up one run. Bullpen from there, they go two innings. They don't give up a single run. Samsung right now in the top two in the KBO when it comes to bullpen ERA. The LG Twins have been doing a solid job with their bullpen as well, but on Friday night Saturday morning, that was not the case, as the Kia Tigers were able to tear them apart by kind of 10-6. to six. In this one for Kia, they actually got a pretty solid start out of Minwoo Lee. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of seven innings, but only one of which was earned. He was hurt a little bit by the fielding. The bullpen from there for Kia was was not necessarily great. They give up four runs over the course of two innings, but they had this game well in hand. And speaking of teams that were hurt by the fielding, how about Gu Lim? He gives up six runs over the course of four and a third innings, but only two of which were earned. He was badly hurt by his fielding. From there, the bullpen of LG, they struggled as well. They wind up going a grand total of three and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs, all of which were earned. And for the Kia Tigers, they have been a little bit intermiss with Preston Tucker. He goes 0 of 5 in this game, but despite that, Jin Wan Na, he has really been able to pick it up for the team. Four of four, last year at $1. eighty-six for the squad. He is now hitting a three forty-six for the season. Channel Park was able to get a home run in this one. One of the best beaters that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And in this one, Roberto Ramos, he winds up going one of three for LG, still leading the KBO in home runs with 10. And he is hitting a 372. So he has certainly been getting the job done for that team. And the SK Wyverns all of a sudden getting the job done. They have won three straight games. They take down the Eagles of Anwa nine to three. And what is big for the SK Wyverns is the fact that they have now scored four runs in five out of their last six games. I should say say four plus runs. But in this one, if you had the under like I did, I had 10 and a half in this one. This is absolutely brutalized. The two teams combined for 12 runs on 10 hits. I don't think I've ever had a under bet of 10 plus, not cash, when the total amount of hits was lower than the amount of runs that I had on the bet. So, I mean, that was something that was a little bit of an anomaly. But with that said, what is currently showing itself is the SK Wyverns being able to get something out of Hung run Lee. This is someone that hit a 3-10 last year in limited at bats for Dusan. He winds up going yard for his first home run since the 2016 season in the KBO. That was certainly big for the team. Jamie Romack continues to struggle for the Wyvern's. He went one of four in this one, but for SK, they certainly are getting a little bit more performance out of the meat of the lineup. And one, Ricardo got Pinto, who, in his last three starts prior to this, when I give it up 10 runs that were unearned. He was not earned as much by the defense. He goes six innings, giving up three runs off, which were earned bullpen from there. There. They don't give up a single run, not even as much of it as a single hit, so kudos to them. And then for Hanwa, the bullpen in this one was a little bit chilled. Three and a third innings from them. They give up five runs, all of which were earned, and Won Zhang did not necessarily put them in the best of spots. Gives up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of four and two-thirds innings. And for Hanwha, the big reason why they were able to get a couple of runs up on the board was because Sung Yo Lee winds up getting a three-run home run in the fourth inning, That was one of the two hits that the ANY Eagles got. They got three runs on two hits, so... That just tells you what sort of a game that was. So that was all the wildness and craziness that we saw in the KBO yesterday. Now, I do want to point out with this interview with Daniel Kim, that's going to be coming up next. I did record this a few days ago because there is a massive time difference between Las Vegas and South Korea. So I want to throw out there that little disclaimer. But coming up next, we are going to be talking to Daniel Kim. Does a great job of covering all things KBO, just on what we've seen with regards to the bullpens this year, just with when we can expect fans in the stands as well some of the teams that he thinks are ascending slash declining in the KBO and so much more. That's on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson.
0: Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. We are back here in Lovey, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting
1: Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to have on our next guest. You've seen him on quite a few of the ESPN broadcasts. He does a great job of covering the KBO for a variety of different outlets. We've seen him in a variety of different places as well. He was one of the people I took the photos of all the little stuffed animals that were at the Hanwha Eagles home facility a few days ago. That was a lot of fun. I think that he pulled some strings with Carl Ravich being able to get... His personal song with the KT Wiz, and this is a guy that just does a quality job of keeping up with everything KBO. You can follow him on Twitter, at W. as it is Daniel Kim joining me, and it is great to have you aboard. How are you? Thanks for having
2: me. It's uh, great to always uh, talk about baseball.
1: It certainly is. We certainly don't have the MLB out here in the States, but... Many people, much like myself, were falling in love with the KBO. It's been a lot of fun. Very unpredictable, to say the least, but it's been very fun. And I know that you're someone that you were born and raised in Korea, and then you wound up moving to New York a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about how you got into the KBO and just a little bit more about your story in general.
2: Well, I was born in Korea, just like you said, but my family immigrated to the U.S. when I was in sixth grade. So I was raised up in Basically, I've spent most of my time in New York, and I've been living in Korea for the last 10 years, and I've been covering baseball. I got into baseball because I ended up working for New York Mets uh, back in uh, 1998, and that's how I got into baseball. I worked for the Mets about eight seasons, and then ever since then, baseball has been my life. I've been making a fun living working (laughs) in baseball.
1: Uh, trust me, being someone that works in sports, you just feel like you don't work a day in your life. It certainly is a dream come true. And when it comes to the KBO versus the MLB, what would you say is the biggest difference? Because with me watching the KBO for about a month or so now, what I think is the biggest difference, in my opinion, is guys just do not want to go down looking on that third strike. I think that that's the biggest thing that you're going to notice in the KBO. There's obviously a little bit more respect when a guy makes a great play, robbing a home run, things of this nature. But the for me, the biggest difference I notice is that nobody is going to go down looking. And these guys, even if they're number eight, number nine in the lineup, they are going to scratch and claw foul balls away just to try to get on base.
2: Right. You're a hundred percent right. They have, have a pretty good contact rate. Obviously one of the big differences is that a pitcher's velocity isn't as high as major league baseball. And I think that has something to do with the uh, less strikeouts. And also the batters tend to choke up once they get Two strikes on. So they like to put the ball in play, less velocity from the pitchers, but overall it's a definitely a different brand of baseball and towards like the old baseball, how it used to be in the states, because nowadays at the major league level, the guys don't care about strikeouts. They swing for the fences, but out here in KBO, they like to put the ball in play. So you get a little bit more action because there are less strikeouts. They put a lot of emphasis on being able to contact the ball. And once there's strikeouts, you know, they'll, you know, foul pitches off one after another, and that's the, I guess, the uh, KBO brand of baseball.
1: Absolutely, as we do have Daniel Kim joining me right here on the podcast. does a great job of being able to cover the KBO. You've seen him on so many of ESPN's broadcasts, and he's joining me right now. And Daniel, what else I think is very intriguing is that we've noticed some of the foreign-born players making their first starts in the last couple of days. Chad Bell made his first start a few days ago for Hanwha. On ESPN a few days ago, Adrian Sampson made his debut for the Lotte Giants, and it is one of these things where it feels like these KBO teams are easing their pitchers back in. Chad Bell. Wants wound up going 60 pitches Adrian Sampson went 59 I think the limit was initially 50 but he actually went a couple pitches above that and how do these KBO teams typically handle these starters when they are coming back is this a little bit more of the norm or are they just trying to ease the foreign pitchers back a little bit more cautiously than they normally would just to have them more towards the back half of the season
2: well, each had different situation. Chad Bell was having some discomfort in his elbows, so his start of the season got delayed. They wanted to kind of ease him in, and that's one of the reasons why his first start of the year was delayed. And he's uh, slowly building up in terms of pitch counts. And Adrian Sampson, right before the season was about to start, he had to go back to the States. His dad wasn't uh, doing well. And his father actually passed away in Seattle. So he had to be with his family for a little bit. And once he came back, he had to go through the mandatory self-quarantine period. So he was uh, two weeks all by himself. And then, you know, during those two weeks, he really couldn't do anything. He had to just stay at his place. So he needed another whole new set of, I guess, build-up period. He made his first start. They wanted to kind of ease him in as well because I guess he kind of needed another set of spring training. So those two pitchers, yeah, they had some uh, reasons behind our late start. And I think this is 144-game schedule in KBO. And we've still got ways to go. Given the fact that uh this is just the very start of the season, they wanted to make sure that you know, they could stay healthy for the entire season.
1: Absolutely. I do think that that is something that is worth noting. And something else that we've noticed with regards to KBO in general is obviously one that is very glaring. I mentioned how you took a picture of all the stuffed animals a few days ago with the Hanwha Eagles. There are currently no fans in the stands. There was a plan to get the fans in the stands within the next seven days or so, but we do know that there has been a little bit of an outbreak with regards to COVID-19. So this has been pushed back a little bit. Do you know if there's going to be a sort of set of date with that yet or is it still sort of up in the air and at the mercy of whether or not the amount of cases dies down a little bit? Well,
2: as you probably know by now, COVID-19, it's really, really hard to predict. The KBO legal office is kind of, you know, working on a week to week. Basis meaning that we really don't know what's going to happen week from today. It's a very unpredictable situation, not just in Korea, for all over the world right now. So I think initially the teams and the league was hoping to have the fans back sometime in first week of June, but just this past week, there have been some little spike in terms of new cases coming up. So that plan was put on hold. It'll be put on hold for another 14 days. And after two weeks, they're going to reassess the situation. We were getting close in terms of having some fans back in the stands, but that plan has been put on pause right now. So hopefully in about 14 days, we should be able to have the fans back. But right now, it's just really, really hard to difficult to predict because once you think that everything's calmed down a little bit, there's another new little bit of a surge and then everything gets thrown off. So do we have a hard date? No, not really. I think KBO is Just going by week to week basis all of us are hoping to have the fans back as quickly as possible but at the same time we have to do it at the right time in the right situation so we are on a holding pattern right now
1: this is one of these things in which you want to see the fans in the stands i've not been able to see it personally from everyone that i've talked to it's like going to a rock concert it's like going to pretty much like an outdoor barbecue with baseball it's a whole lot of fun so we certainly are looking forward to that as daniel kim is joining me right here on the podcast. And Danielle, I've been hearing it on the ESPN broadcast as well. Apparently, the power rankings that come out from ESPN with regards to the KBO 1 through 10, it actually causes a lot of controversy. How has really the folks out in South Korea been going about just all the newfound attention that the league is getting? Because apparently, the power rankings is like one of the most controversial things out there in the country right now.
2: Every Monday, it comes out and it becomes a huge (laughs) topic of conversation, which I think is a good thing for the league. And for the sport, KBO has been very domestically the popular sports uh, professional league in Korea. But we've never gotten any attention from the outside. And this is like the first time. And as you know, ESPN is ESPN. It's uh, one of the bigger sports networks out there. And they started paying attention to KBO because they're carrying the game. So this is a whole new territory for all of us here in Korea and those who love KBO. So whenever ESPN comes out these rankings... You know, it's a little bit different from what we think. becomes a huge topic of discussion and some debates happening. Why is ESPN picking LG2 in so high? Mm -hmm. You know, these are conversations that take place every Monday and Tuesday. So it's been an interesting experience. There's no right or wrong answer in baseball, as you know. We're just, you know, excited and happy that KBO is getting some attention outside of Korea. These rankings are fun to talk about.
1: Oh, they certainly are. And who's a team that you feel like might be a little bit too highly or lowly rated right now by a lot of the general public? Because as we know, the NC Dinos, they're right now just running away with the league through 20 games, a 17-3 and record. They've been able to tear it up. Wyverns, I think that they've established themselves as of right now as a cellar dweller. Obviously, this is a team that they can turn around. Around We saw them very nearly win the regular season last year in the KBO, but they're sitting at 4-16 and 16 through 20 games. But who's a team or two that you feel like is maybe getting either a little bit too much or a little bit too little love?
2: You know what? I decided not to say, any, say anything about the <laughs> rankings. First week, I was on ESPN and then I told those guys that LG Twins was ranked way too high. And as soon as I said that they went on a five-game winning streak and they made me look really, really bad. (laughs) And the Twins are in the second place right now in terms of standings. And they're looking pretty good. So once I went through that experience on national TV, when everyone was watching in the States, I said, you know what, let's just leave it the way it is because baseball is just unpredictable as well. And I think the rankings for now, it's it's looking pretty good. And one thing I decided to do one Think that Carl uh, Ravitch advised me to do is have my own ranking. So rankings are just, I think it's a fun topic, fun way to enjoy baseball. Uh, Some rankings are going to be different, but I think it's good to have different opinions. And I would say just like you mentioned, NC Dinos, they're kind of running away with it. I didn't see this coming, I saw them as a middle-of-the-pack type of a team, but they're surprising a lot of people and they're looking pretty good. So I would definitely put NC Dinos on top. But overall, there are 10 teams, I think. I've seen some different rankings, not just ESPNs, but I think they're about the right places. It'll be interesting to see if there's going to be any new changes coming up, but... It's been an exciting season, a lot to talk about, and it's been a lot of fun.
1: It certainly has been, as we have Daniel Kim joining me on the podcast, and the one team that I feel like could be able to make a little bit of a surge as sub-500 right now, that'd be the KT Wiz, because this team is right now leading the KBO with regards to blowing safes. They've demoted some of their closers down to the minor leagues. They've made a little bit of a shuffle when it comes to that regard, and what I've noticed with a lot of the top teams is that the foreign-born players have really been able to take over. We've seen Roberto Ramos. He's right now leading the KBO in home runs. He's a big reason why the LG Twins are currently sitting with the second best record in the KBO. Jose Miguel Fernandez is right now hitting just below 500. It's absolutely insane. We know what Preston Tucker is doing. For the Kia tigers and mel Rojas has been good for kt and the starting pitching has not been bad i feel like if they could just get a little bit more out of the bullpen this is a team that can make a surge and be able to make that kbo playoff
2: right you mentioned a very important part of uh, kbo baseball in order for you to contend or have any kind of a good record you need all your for- foreign uh, guys to perform well let's say right now samsung lions there without ben lively and he's out for eight weeks and that's one of the reasons why samsung's in the bottom part of the standings you mentioned ramos uh, you mentioned preston tucker these guys have to be the best players on their teams the teams that are doing well uh, they all have uh, foreign pitchers or batter that's playing really really well so that's one of the prerequisites to having a good season in kbo i think that's one area that you need to keep an eye on how are the foreign guys doing are they doing well and most likely, that team is going to be really a high in the standings. And KT is ERA-wise, their bullpen was the best in the league last year. So we didn't see this coming at all. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they ate, how they slept. But they had a terrible start of the season. You mentioned a couple of the key guys were sent down to the minors. They have good offense. They have good team. Despite the bullpen blow up, they are starting to crawling back. So I'm expecting them to be there somewhere in the fourth or fifth or sixth spot. Fifth spot, you get into the post season. So I think they're going to slowly uh, get better. They have an awesome lineup. They're super phenom. Beko Kang is on injured list, but even without him, they have some depth on the offensive side. So keep an eye on them. But just like you said, how do you win? First start with your foreign guy, three of them, two pitchers and one position player. They have to be the best players on your team. And then that's how you start build around those guys. That's a one way to kind of keep an eye on KBO and its 10 race.
1: Well said, Daniel. And I know that you're doing a great job of breaking down all things KBO, keeping up with everything on the field, off the field, what's happening with regards to fans getting back into the sand. So we'll like to close it up with this. Let the good people at home just know where they're able to get a little bit more of the good stuff that you're pointing, that you are tweeting out and how they can follow you on social media because you've been doing just an absolutely terrific job of covering the KBO.
2: Well, my Twitter is Daniel Kim W. Uh, that's my Twitter. My Instagram is Daniel Kim, WW. I didn't see this coming. If I had known that we were going to get so much attention from US and from Canada and all over the world, I would have put together some English-based website about KBO. But this just happened out of nowhere. Like five days before the season was about to start, we were starting to hearing that ESPN might pick up these games. And then we got an official word the night before. So I never really had an opportunity to put together a website for all the fans outside of the world to follow kbo but hopefully i could put something together maybe in the second half but in meantime you guys could follow me on twitter i'll try to put as much as i can in terms of what's happening in kbo and put some funny pictures and funny videos as well and we're excited to have everyone on board for kbo for now obviously KBO is not major league baseball but it's pretty much all we have right now and i hope uh, everyone in the us and also in canada could You know, have some you know enjoyable baseball and get to enjoy and have some real live baseball and that'll keep everyone distracted a little bit because I think in times like this distraction is not a bad thing. So I'll do whatever I can to get KBO out there and whenever you need me, just uh, give me a call. I would love to get back be back on and uh, talk about KBO with you.
1: Perfect. I do appreciate that offer, Daniel. I'm sure that I will be taking you up on it. And as Jake Mintz the gentlemen from Sespedes family barbecue always says, maybe this isn't the MLB but at the same time it is baseball you can see the passion that comes out every single night it's just fun to watch and it's meaningful to everyone that's out there playing the game and that is the most important part that's why baseball is so important to so many people and it's great to have people like daniel that follow this and really live it so a big thanks to daniel kim for joining me right here on the baseball betting podcast and coming up next it is that time that give you a side and total picks on every single kbo game for today and something i like to call touch them all
0: Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start, and now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion.
1: And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Daniel Kim for joining me in the last segment, and now it is that time to podcast, which I give you a side and a total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all.
0: If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all.
1: Gotta throw in there the usual disclaimer that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. As has been the case all year with the KBO, you are betting on the team and the team alone aside for Pinnacle. If you're betting at Pinnacle, you're able to go pitcher dependent with these bets, but Pretty much everywhere else, you're betting on the team and the team alone. So, for the Lotte Giants and Doosan Bears game, it's going to be Dan Straley and Chris Flexen. Let's say that you want to bet on action Dan Straley with the Lotte Giants. He gets scratched and instead you've got like some dude that you've never heard of. He's like someone that wound up pitching in like a state championship game last year. Well... Congratulations. You've got the gentleman that was pitching in a state championship game last year. So, always do want to make that disclaimer. And as per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This begins with 304, 659. 304, 660. It is the Lote Giants, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Tucson Bears. Bears are finding themselves anywhere between minus 170 and minus 195 favorites. With the Lote Giants, it's anywhere between plus 150 and plus 165 total on this game, ranging between 8.5 and, and 9. On the 9, the over is juice of even. The under is minus 120. Meanwhile, on 8.5, over and under, is both at minus 110. Chris Flexen is going to be going for the Newsom Bears, and for the Lotte Giants, it is going to be action Dan Straley, and I do like Straley in this one. He has been able to pitch very well for the Lotte Giants, 1-2 record, but with that said, there's only really been one start in which he's given it up. He has given up two runs or fewer in four out of his five starts. He had a little bit of a rough go of it last week against Kia, but he's only given up two home runs so far this year in his five starts. That is something that you've got to like, and he's getting more strikeouts than he did in the major leagues as well. 28 and a third innings, 32 strikeouts that Slider has really been able to work for him. And then when you take a look at Chris Flex, and what's really been key for him is the fact that he has had much better command than he did at the MLB level so far this year. 8 walks over the course of 26 innings. He has been unraveling a little bit though. He has a combined 6 walks in his last 2 starts, so I do think that some of these hitters are starting to figure him out a little bit more. I'm with Tucson. This is a team that's been a little bit banged up. They are getting back some of the cleanup hitters in the lineup, which is going to be big because JLO, he's hitting right Right around a 350 for this bunch. Not necessarily the greatest power bat in the world, but he does a solid job of getting on base. Jose Miguel Fernandez has been doing a solid job as well. And then you take a look at the bottom of the lineup for Dusan. You've got someone like a Seahook Park. He's hitting in the seventh spot at the catcher spot. He's been hitting right around at 285, which is nice. Youngman Hur is hitting above a 300 so far this year. So you really don't have too many dead bats. Meanwhile, Vlote, this is a team that has actually done a very good job of being able to get on base. Problem is they just haven't been able to convert. We saw this a couple nights ago when they were on ESPN. They get the Base is loaded in the first inning, base is loaded in the second inning, second and third in the third inning against an 18 year old, and they get zero runs in all three of those innings. That's a little bit heartbreaking. We saw it on display. Friday night slash Saturday morning as well. They had a combined 15 hits and walks in that game against Tucson. Only four runs to show for it. I do think that this is going to turn around because you've got ji Young who's been doing a very nice job of getting on base for this team. Rating right around 280 so far this year. He has this one home run. Last year he had five home runs, but the year before that he had 23 home runs. So perhaps there's going to be a little bit more power in the back. Deo Lee has been doing a good job of getting on base. 354 batting average. Only one home run. You probably should have had two, but with that said, there was a home run that was under review in that series against Samsung. It was taken off the board. Dixon Machado has really been sinking with regards to his batting average, but it seems like he's been doing a little bit better recently. He had two hits yesterday. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game because with Tucson they've been pitching better on the bullpen recently, but they had to use a lot of arms yesterday. With Lotte, they certainly have had to use a lot of bullpen arms as well, but I think that Dan Straley is going to be able to go 6-plus strong to be able to save a lot of those trustworthy bullpen arms. So, we're going to be taking the plus price here with Lotte, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to 304-661 304-662 The Kia Tigers are going to be playing us the LG Twins. The LG Twins are going to be as low as minus 110 in this one. That will make the game a pick and as high as minus 120. That makes the Kia Tigers anywhere between even and plus 110. Total on this game that you're going to find is 8.5. Your over has juice right around minus 105 to minus 110. Meanwhile the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Drew Gagione is going to be pitching for the Kia Tigers Meanwhile, if you take a look at the LG Twins, it is going to be Tyler Wilson, and after a little bit of a rough start to the year, Tyler Wilson has really been able to hold down the fort. I just think that in the first start for Tyler Wilson, which he gave up seven runs of which were earned against the NC Dinos, that was a little bit of a byproduct of the quarantine that he had to go through because, as I mentioned in the first segment, if you wind up entering the country of South Korea, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. You could tell that he was a little bit out of sorts in that start. Ever since then, the three starts ever since that quarantine. He has been very strong. He has went a combined 19 innings. He's given up five runs, four of which were earned. Has done a nice job of holding down the fort. And last year, he did a great job of uh, keeping the ball in the yard as well. 185 innings, seven home runs given up. This is not going to be a great swing and miss guy. 18 punch outs and 23 and a third innings so far this year, but he just does a great job of keeping the ball in the yard. Doesn't walk too many guys. I do like him in this spot. And then when you take a look at Mr. Gagione, you just don't know what you're going to get out of him from game to game. His first two starts were just absolutely wretched. Gave up a combined eight runs, seven of which were earned in ten and a third innings. His last two starts have been masterful. Thirteen innings in those two starts. He winds up giving up no earned runs, but I will say this. One of those starts came out against a Smiling Blobs team that is right now dealing with a whole bunch of injuries, and the other came against a Lotte Giants team that is just stranding the world on base right now, so you do have a lot of that going on, but with that said, I do think that LG is going to be able to get to Mr with the Kia Tigers. They have had to use up quite a few bullpen arms the last couple days. And with LG, we saw their bullpen get taxed as well. So I do think that Wilson is going to be able to give LG a very quality start. I do think that they're going to give up a couple runs late. But with LG, I like their offense a little bit better. You've got Hunsu Kim, aka the hitting machine. This is someone that's hitting a 398 for the year. And then you pair him up with a guy that leads the KBO in home runs in Roberto Ramos hitting a 372, 10 home runs, over 20 RBI. He has been masterful. Preston Tucker went over 5 for Kia yesterday. I think that he's going to be able to get online as well. And when you take a look at Kia, Channel Park is one of the quickest guys that you're going to find out there in the KBO. Very sure-handed with the glove. He wound up stealing 36 bases last year. Does a good job of getting on right around a 275 average. I think that both these offenses are going to be able to do well against a pair of pretty solid starting pitchers. I do think that LG is going to give up a couple runs out of the bullpen. I think Kia is going to follow suit. That is going to lead to an over. I think that in the end, LG has a better lineup, so we're going to be taking the LG twins and the over. We move on to 304-663, 304-664. The kiwoom Heroes are going to be playing also the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs. Our good friends, the Smiling Blobs are the underdog in this one. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 115 and plus 105. Meanwhile, with the Euros, they're laying anywhere between minus 125 and minus 135. Your total on this game, it is anywhere between 10 and 10.5. 10 with the 10.5, you've got Overjuice anywhere between minus 105 and even the unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Meanwhile, on the time the over is of Even, and the under is minus 120. Going out there for the Kiwu Miros is going to be Sung Ho Lee. Meanwhile, you've got Jae Sung Bae going for KT, and Jae Sung Bae has been saying, Abe Bay, my ERA is very, very low. 107 so far this year. He has been doing just an absolutely terrific job for the team. I will say, some of the competition he's faced off against has been less than stellar, but I still remember earlier in the year, he went on the road against the NC Dinos, went seven innings, did not give up a single earned run. He had 7 punch outs in that game. Now, walks are an issue. He's given out 6 walks in his last 2 starts, but I do think that he is going to be able to hold down the 4 23-year-old pitcher that I think is going to be one of the future starts in the KBO. And he's going up against a 21-year-old in Sung Ho Lee, who has been a little bit all over the map so far this year. In his last start against the NC Dinos, he winds up giving up 4 runs over the course of 6 innings. His command has been all over the place. In 9 out of his last 10 starts, he's had at least 2 walks. So, that certainly is going to be a little bit of an issue, but if you take a look at the smiling blobs. They certainly are missing some of their big power bats, which means that Mel Rojas, the guy that's hitting right around a 400, he needs to do a little bit of everything because Bei ho Kong, he's hitting a 333 for the year. He's got five home runs. He's been out for about a week now, so he has had to pick up the load for him. I will say this, Wu Jun Sim, who is in the leadoff spot for KT, he's done a solid job of getting on base. One of the fastest guys that you're going to find out there in the KBO, sitting at 290. I will say this, he has been slumping a little bit. Three hits in the team's last five games, so he needs to get on base to be able to set the table for the Smiling blobs, As we know, the Smiling Blobs bullpen, it has not been good, but I think that Bay is going to be able to give a quality start. You can tell that the Smiling Blobs were trotting out there, their less than stellar bullpen arms when the game got tough. And with Key Womb, this is a team that has really been able to flourish ever since Taylor Motter wound up leaving the team. And his replacement, A-Sung Kim, wound up hitting for the cycle yesterday. That tells you... Just how much they were happy that they got rid of Modder. It was just a matter of time. Dongwon Park has been able to do a very good job at the catcher spot as well. He's hitting a 351. he He's got six home runs. Last year, he had 10 home runs. The year before that, he had six. So certainly, he has been able to flourish. But I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think that you're going to get a very quality start here from Bay for KT. Meanwhile, with Kiwoom, I do think that Lee is going to be able to keep this game out in front of him. Because KT, they have been suffering when it comes to being able to put runs up on the board. They have had five runs or fewer in now each out of their last five games. I do think that they probably get right around the five range, and that should be just enough for our friends of Smiling Blobs. So we're going to be taking the blobs with a plus price, and we're going to be taking this total under. We move on to 304-665, 304-666. NC Dinos hitting the road to face off against the Samsung Lions. The Lions are going to be the biggest underdog on the board today. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 185 and plus 190. Meanwhile, you're going to be finding the Dinos anywhere between minus 220. 20 and minus 245, actually seeing all of a sudden, a Samsung price of plus 205. So there is north of $2 out there on the Lions as well. Total on this game that you're finding is going to be anywhere between 8.5 and 9. If you're taking a look at an 8.5, over his juice of minus 120, the under is even. If you're looking at 9, over his juice of plus 105, the under is minus 125. And the pitching matchup in this one, Cheng Moku is going to be going for NC. Meanwhile, Jae Chung Cha is going to be going for Samsung. And it has been cha 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 for Mr. Cha with regards to his ERA, a buck 88. He has been absolutely terrific for Samsung so far this year. He's really only had one bad start that was on the road against Kiwoom. He still wound up getting the win, but he gave up four runs over the course of six innings in that one. With Cha though, what I do have to say is the walks are concerning with him. He's given up 11 walks and four starts so far this year. That is not going to fly against a Dinos team that they are going to take advantage of. And this is a guy in Cha that he's getting right around seven strikeouts for nine innings. Not great, not terrible. He's a little bit of a younger guy. I do think that a little bit of regression is going to set in for. For the 23-year-old in coup for the NC Dinos as well. He has been absolutely masterful all year long. I mean, four starts. He has given up two earned runs, zero home runs, 32 punch-outs over the course of 29 innings. I do think that this is going to regress a little bit with Samsung. Their offense has been able to ascend because Tyler Saladino is all of a sudden doing things that Tyler Saladino typically doesn't do, and that's getting on base and getting RBIs through things not called a grand slam like he did with the Milwaukee Birds. So, obviously, that's very good sign. And with Samsung, you're also getting a little bit more of the top of the lineup as well. You could use a little bit uh, more of something out of Hakju Lee. He's hitting a 226 for the campaign, but he's had a hit now in seven of the team's last eight games, so that is a very good sign for this team. And you do have to like what you're getting out of Dong-Yup Kim. He hit just a 215 last year. This year, he's hitting more around a 261, 4 home runs so far this campaign. He had six off last year. He's starting to come into his own as a power hitter, but when you take a look at NC, Aaron Alter, a.k.a. Aaron Alterable, did not have a good game yesterday, but he has been doing better the past week. NC has won the few lineups in which 1 through 9 pretty much everyone is a threat, and then you've got Minwoo Park at the top. He's still hitting a 310 for the campaign. He's got good wheels. He's not necessarily going to be a power bat, but you know who is a power bat? EJ Young is hitting a 328 at the catcher spot. Was a little bit banged up this year due to a pulled hamstring, but he's already got three home runs on the campaign. He had 20 last year, 23 the year before. I think that he's going to be able to pick up the power. I do think that both of these starting pitchers are going to regress, and we Samsung, they do have a solid bullpen, but I think that NC is going to be able to get to it. I think that there's going to be so many walks given up by the Lions that Cha is going to be out of this game early. So as a result, we are going to be taking the NC Dinos on the run line. And if you're taking a look at that Dinos run line, it is varying from book to book. You're seeing at a lot of books anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. But if you're looking at a little bit more of the offshore lines, it can get as high as minus 155. I do think that that's a little bit safer than laying like a minus 220 or North of that. So for that reason, we are gonna be going with the run line here. I do think that this is a spot in which NC is gonna be coming out angry. I think that they hang at least a touchdown on the board. So we're gonna be digging this little over as well. And we wrap things up with game number 304 304 668 The Wyvern's of SK are gonna be playing us to the Eagles of Anwa. Anwa is finding themselves the very, very slight plus money underdog in this one, anywhere between even and plus one ten. Meanwhile, with the wyverns, it's anywhere between minus one twenty and minus one thirty. Your total on this game is anywhere between 8.5 and, and 9. On the 8.5, the over is juice of minus 120. The under is even. If you're taking a look at the 9, the over is juice of minus 110. The under is minus 110. Going for the Anwa Eagles in this one is going to be Chad Bell. Meanwhile, on the flip side, you are going to be finding a starter of Junhoon Park. And with Mr. Park, he has actually been pretty solid for SK so far this year. A 327 ERA. He's got a little bit of an awkward arm slot, which makes him a little bit harder to catch up with. He has given up just two home runs in 22 innings so far this year, and he's done a good job of controlling the walks. About three walks per nine innings, and he's been able to just be able to hold down the fort. He's went five innings in three out of his four starts, so you got to think that the SK bullpen is going to be pushed into action, but the SK bullpen last year was one of the tops out there in the KBO. Got off to a rough start this year, but they've been doing a little bit of a better job recently, and with Anwa, you just don't know what you're going to get out of this offense from game to game. They have lost eight out of their last ten games, and for that matter, seven straight Straight, but they have been a squad that has seen a little bit of a come up when it comes to their power. sung Lee was able to get a home run yesterday. Hanwa is still at the bottom of the KBO when it comes to home runs, but they have been doing a good job of being able to draw some walks. They had seven in their game yesterday. And what else you have to like to see is the fact that Jin Ho Jung has been able to pick it up recently. He had four hits in the team's game two days ago against SK, so he has been able to give a little bit of support while Jared Hoing has been struggling for Anwa. Hoeing hitting just a 209 for the year. You've got to think at some point he's going to be able to pick it up. He has just one hit so far this entire week. That's just absolutely ridiculous right there. Maybe he'll be joining our good friend Taylor Motter out there on the unemployment line, but I do think at some point he's going to be able to pick it up. And with Anwa, what else you have to like to see with his team is that pretty much everyone in the lineup hits north, of 200. You don't necessarily have that one guy that's going to be hitting north of 300, but you do have some good balance. And SK, they're having to rely upon balance as well because they're dealing with a couple injuries in the middle of the lineup. And Jamie Romack has not been hitting home runs the way that he did last year. He had 29 dingers last season. So far this year, he's had just two. But what has been big for this team as well is the fact that Jung Cha, who's hitting just a 197 for the year, he has looked much better recently. A combined five hits over the team's last three games, that is certainly promising because last year when he was hitting 292 for the team, he also had 29 home runs. So far this year, he's had just two, but the last couple days have certainly been a very good sign for him. And then Jihoon Cha has been actually a very nice addition out of the outfield as well. He just recently started getting starts this week for SK. He's been hitting a 294. he He's been able to show off some very good range in the outfield with regards to his fielding. He's got a little bit of speed, so I do like that for SK, but I do think that Chad Bell is going to be able to go a little bit further than he did in his first start. We just wound up talking to Daniel Kim about this in his first start Bell wound up being able to give the team a combined 60 pitches over the course of three and third innings. Gave up two hits when he was in the KBO last year. Had a three fifty ERA, 11 and 10 record. He had two walks in his first start. I do think that command might be a little bit of an issue with him because he wound up giving up 63 walks last year and 177 and third innings, but he does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard with SK. I do feel like they're going to be able to put a couple runs up on the board, but I think that Hanwa is going to be able to do a good enough job of folding down the fort. He got I think that the Eagles wound up saving some of their bullpen arms because they knew that Bell would probably be still on a little bit of a limited pitch count in this one. And I do think that the Eagles get the job done in the end. So we're going to be taking this little under and we're going to be taking the even slash plus money price with the Eagles. And that will wrap things up. For the Saturday afternoon edition of the baseball betting podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Daniel Kim, who does a terrific job of covering the KBO for joining me in the last segment. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, fire into my timeline at your score D1. Unfortunately, we do not have any Sunday night slash Monday morning KBO action. So I will be coming at you guys once again Monday afternoon for the Tuesday morning game. So we're gonna take about a 48-hour break here. And then I'll be back at you guys once again once the KBO gets started for those Tuesday morning games. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys then. Thank you so much.